You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends, your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LOB, Locked On Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, a little bit different this week as, you know, the Browns game was Thursday. Um, we have the 10-day turnaround. You've gotten your post game. You've gotten your on-second watch. You've gotten uh, your under the lens, and we were also joined, if you haven't checked it out, by Dearness Johnson. Uh, appreciate him again. Uh, that was a great interview. Fun talking to him, and obviously a guy, you know, Still humble after even the experiences of Thursday night and getting basically to take uh, the sports world, uh, you know, I guess the, uh, you know, the all eyes. I mean, Thursday night wasn't much else. Terrence Johnson, phenomenal effort. And, uh, you know, grounded, humbled, and, you know, really excited, uh, you know, with his effort that he was able to step up and help this team in a desperate, desperate situation. Uh, Monday here, uh, Browns have already practiced today. Um, Baker Mayfield has not practiced. Uh, today, uh, they'll see where he's at Wednesday. Um, you know, Coach Stefanski's not ruling anybody out for Sunday. Uh, on the good news, uh, Nick Chubb, Jack Conklin, AJ Green all participated in you know whatever there was as far as this Monday practice, which is you know obviously a little bit different when you play Thursday, but you make it back to the practice field on Monday. John Costco is here. Browns begin AFC North division play this week. So I figured you know seven games in or six games in a few the Steelers, maybe now's a good time to uh, start peaking in at everybody in the AFC North. So we're going to do that here. Uh, you'll get it from John Costco's perspective. And, you know, obviously how each team's kind of grading out where the advantages, disadvantages maybe could lie for the Cleveland Browns. John, Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, and I guess for the Browns, I, I, that win was huge because, I mean, you certainly didn't want to have a team, you know, well, maybe not the team, but everybody, you know, maybe concerned about this team. And then, of course, oh, boy, here come the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, where the Browns could have been, had to be fighting to go to four and four. Browns four and three. Pittsburgh Steelers three and three. I, you know, the Steelers, I want to say treading water. I think the best they can, uh, you know, especially after seeing Cincinnati yesterday, we'll get to that. But I, I think there's a certain deficiency here in the AFC North. And, you know, I hate to say it, but I think it may uh, reside down there in Pittsburgh, John. Yeah. Um, the Steelers, They've, they've had a weird kind of a really weird season, right? So you didn't expect them to open up the season and, and pretty much kind of handle Buffalo. Um, <laughs> and then you kind of expected them to maybe be able to beat the Raiders. But, you know, the Raiders are actually playing really good football this year. Um, and, the, and the Bills, that's, that's, that's their only loss. And so then then they, they, they lost to the Bengals. You thought maybe that they'd be able to beat the Bengals early on the season as like Burrow maybe is trying to get his feet wet. This defense, the new, a lot of new pieces on that defense are getting, uh, you know, trying to come together. Um, but like Burrow has really kind of taken off already this year. Um, you know, that knee injury doesn't hasn't really held him back at all. Um, and really, the only game that you kind of maybe expected them to, you know, the, the results of, to be what they were were against the Packers, where they lost, and maybe against the Broncos that they won. Um, they they won against the Seattle Seahawks last week um, in Week Six, rather because of Russell Wilson not playing. Um, and you know, that is what it is. Right. So they're, they're a team that, you know, from a total overall grade standpoint is, you know, in the low twenties, um, in, in upper twenties, I'd say. So, you know, 20 to 25 in terms of their overall team grade. So they're not great there, but the thing is, is that you always come back to with the, the Steelers is that they have a phenomenal pass rush 
and a scheme that can confuse quarterbacks. So um, it's it their defense is what holds them up, and then their offense essentially mainly Ben Roethlisberger is what holds them back in in their uh, basically in their 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 two whole team because from an offense standpoint, their their talent is phenomenal. It's just they don't have a quarterback to be able to get you know spread it around. And look, and, you know, if we saw anything and, you know, I'll still go back to that picture of he and Marquise Pouncey sitting on the bench and, you know, kind of seemed like for the Steelers, maybe, you know, it, it needed to be a package deal. Um, you know, it's one thing to, you know, maybe make it to the playoffs, but to understand the fact that, you know, you went as far as you possibly could, you know, with number seven last year and you're going to try and do it all over again here. Um, offensively, a couple of newcomers, Najee Harris brought into the fold. And this is where it kind of was an interesting move for Pittsburgh because you lost a ton on the offensive line. You didn't really invest in replacing what you lost. What you invested in was getting maybe a better running back, but in the same respect, better running back, it doesn't matter who the hell your running back is. You need some dudes up there that can kind of protect things. And, you know, let's see how that's working out for them, John. Um, this is, this is kind of why you don't draft running backs in the first round. Like, you know, from a production standpoint, he's everything that the Steelers wanted, you know, he's, he's a monster in fantasy for all those, those fantasy nuts and stuff like that. But like you, you look at, you know, what he's been able to provide for the team and it's, they're, they're not any better. The, the main thing that they needed to be able to do was to find offensive linemen, better offensive linemen for them. And, and to be honest, like, they're actually doing a pretty decent job of, of pass protecting, not terrible, uh, but not great, but just like, I'd say average. And the main thing is like, look at what the Cincinnati Bengals did. You know, if you want to compare offensive line and quarterback type play, the Bengals don't have a really good offensive line at all. Like they're, they're garbage. Everybody knows that, but it doesn't matter because they have a quarterback that can throw it around. So they, they needed to have, they needed to look seriously at quarterback this off season and look seriously at at trying to move on from Ben Roethlisberger, and they didn't do that. And they thought, okay, well, let's give Roethlisberger some pieces that he wants, which was a running back that he felt like he needed because maybe you know when his prime he had Le'Veon Bell, and that was it was going so smoothly for him there. And so it's kind of like that's kind of like that old school mentality of like, well, I'm I, I my running back here makes me more comfortable so I can play it better. And it's it's just not the case. It's just not how it works out. And you know, for them, you know, good good thing for Cleveland Browns fans is that they're setting themselves back continually. Um, whereas, you know, for for Steelers fans, they're you know they're probably. I, I mean, my neighbor is a Steelers fan. He's he was hoping that they'd be d- done with Ben Roethlisberger last year after after what happened last year, and he's he's just kind of suffering right now. And for Pittsburgh, and this is where it's not working out for them because if it was going to be a time to address the quarterback position, it was probably last year. It was probably last year's draft. This one certainly does not look as promising um, as of right now. Um, so Pittsburgh, you know, him coming back one year may have set this organization back maybe another two. We'll see how it works out that way. And, Defensively, think, of, think about it too. So uh, if you look forward to this this year's draft class for quarterbacks, uh, is there really a top 10 talent? Like maybe, maybe you look at Malik Willis and think he could be the dude. Um, you like the talent that Sam Howell has. You know, Spencer Rattler was a guy that was coming in and is highly touted, and he's been benched because of his play. And so looks, like it kind of looks like a head case <laughs> right, right now. Oh, kind of looks he, like a head case. He is 100% a head case. He has incredible talent. Like, he can sling it. Like, he could come into the NFL and have a top five arm. No no problem. But the problem is, is that 
you have for him there's there's when you have a, a quarterback that's that highly touted and the backup comes in and they go the team and the fans go nuts for that guy and boo the guy that was like a Heisman candidate to start the year he had to have done something bad for that team somewhere on that campus something like that so there's there's that part of it but they if they were looking forward to this year to got to get a guy like last year's draft class had the guys in it you could have traded up for Mac Jones or Justin Fields no problem like the like this Chicago Bears did and you know early returns say that Mac Jones is a guy but they didn't do that they they decided to to ride off into the sunset with with Ben Roethlisberger and it's literally looking like what it's going to be uh defensive side of the ball here um and actually it just dawned on me today wow okay Joe Schobert gonna be looking at Joe Schobert in black and gold it makes me want to hurl um, I'm actually going to have to message him and his wife a little later and bug them a little daylight side of that. Melvin Ingram brought in, which turned out to be a really, really nice guest. Just name them. dropping there or something like that. You know, people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Joe, Joe, Joe was a frequent, frequent guest here on Lockdown Browns. Melvin Ingram. Um, and most importantly, where is the Steelers rush defense at? Because obviously for the Browns right now, and you know, if it's going to be Case Keenum, Keenum for maybe the foreseeable future till Baker can at least get the broken bone healed. Um, then we will, uh, you know, see, but we got to see, of course, you know, all, all eyes looking like Nick Chubb's going to be back. Um, where is the Steelers run defense at, John? I don't know where it is. It's, they have, they have, I mean, the thing is, is they have good pieces, right? Cameron Hayward, TJ Watt, um, Melvin Ingram. Those are really good players up front. Um, and Cameron Hayward is the highest graded defensive interior player this year. You know, I, I actually haven't checked the update on that to see if it, what Aaron Donald did this past weekend, but he was going into this week, the number one defensive interior guy, you know, T, we know what TJ Watt brings to the table. Melvin Ingram's one of the best pass rushers in the solid and run defense, but they, they do not stop the run very well. Um, mainly. I mean, you think about it, like Joe Schobert's not a run stopping guy. He's a coverage guy. Um, and they, they've just had to move pieces around that, that linebacker position for them has not been real solidified. Devin Bush, who they, you know, was a first round pick. He's been awful against the run this year. I mean, a 37.6 grade as, as a run defender, you know, versus like Schobert, who's been, I mean, he's not great, but he's not, he's not that liability like that. It's a 65.2. So um, they've just been, they just have some really bad pieces. there trying to, to fit these runs and, and there's, they have some weak points and, and your defense is generally only as good as your weakest point. And so if you have a couple of weak points, like te- teams will exploit that. Like you don't have to run at Cameron Hayward. You don't have, you can double team him. You don't have to run at TJ Watts. Just run it away from him. And you're, you're going to be okay. Cause, cause if you can't, don't have to put the point of attack against those guys, then you're, you're fine. So I, I don't, their run defense definitely needs a lot of work and it's, it, it is an aging off a uh, defense. You know, I think that that is another issue. Uh, yeah. And I mean, look, it's been really, really good for really, really long. You can understand their commitment to it. Um, but you know, you get that just kind of where it's like all of a sudden you start looking at players and wow, maybe it's just, it's just not there essentially anymore. Um, but you know, look, I mean, you can't fault Pittsburgh one iota. They've had hell of a run. Well, I, definitely on the defensive side of the ball. Um, maybe the offensive side of the ball is where, you know, the issues are. And I'm sure if you could catch, you know, Mike Tomlin with a cocktail in the back of a room, he probably wish that maybe he was onto what is the next phase of the Pittsburgh Steelers, as opposed to basically being stuck in neutral like they currently are. We're going to flip it up here. Um, we're actually going to talk about a little bit of, and let me take a deep breath when I say this, because I can't believe I'm actually saying this. You're five and two Cincinnati Bengals. And 
for the Bengals, held an effort yesterday, uh, going out of Baltimore, basically just absolutely beat the living daylights out of him. So we're going to get thoughts here on Cincinnati Bengals coming up soon on the Browns schedule uh, with John Costco along for the ride here on your latest Locked on Browns. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live. Another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports, highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbors, best friends, log in for the good stuff. Well, I want you to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings you live TV on demand, favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there is no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. John, now, obviously, yesterday, you did not have any Cleveland Browns football to watch. Uh, national game yesterday of the Cincinnati Bengals and the Baltimore Ravens. And you were going to see. This was going to be maybe the first step step towards whether or not maybe what Cincinnati's going is legitimate. You know, is there any weaknesses with the Baltimore Ravens? We'll get to the Ravens here in a little bit. Uh, but, John, offensively, uh, Jamar Chase, yeah, that's working. Joe Burrow, yeah, that's working. The run game has some splash plays. doesn't really matter if they're going to throw the ball like they could throw it. Um, me, personally, I really thought they needed to address the offensive line and protect Joe Burrow. So far, early in the season, was a little bit rocky. Seems to be getting a little bit better here. Uh, but, John, Cincinnati Bengals, 5-2. and two. Um, Browns will face them soon enough. Um, but it's starting to look like, and I, I maybe kind of equate this to 2018 with the Browns, where it's starting to look like, you know, basically maybe, uh, you know, you've cleaned some of the shit out of the pipe, so to speak. Yeah, so I think the Bengals are for real. I think, uh, you know, early on in the season when you looked at their schedule and what, you know, what they were facing, um, it was maybe you didn't you weren't quite sure. You know, you, you beat the Minnesota Vikings um, in a good game in overtime. Um, Chicago, you know, you, you lose to the Chicago Bears of all teams. You, you lose to them. <laughs> um, and then, you, you know, you beat the Steelers, who we know are down, and then the Jaguars that are down, and you lose to the Packers, and then you beat the Lions. So it's like, Really, your only your real test that you had were were the Packers, and you lost to them, and you also lost to a team that that looks just absolutely just done for in, in the Chicago Bears. So you you weren't quite sure of what you had in the Cincinnati Bengals, I would say. And I I, I you know I love their offensive talent that they have, but it's like, does it is it actually going to work against a you know legitimate team? And they went up and boat raced the, the Baltimore Ravens. And you know I mentioned the you know when we were talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers, where like. The offensive line doesn't really matter too much if you have a quarterback that knows how to get rid of the ball and find open receivers and you have weapons that can make plays. So the, the Bengals, you know, team pass protection grade is 56.2. The since the, the the Steelers are at a 72.2. But the difference is one's that three and ben three, one's five and two. Yep. <laughs> and and one the difference is is Joe Burrow is grading as a top five quarterback in the NFL, whereas Ben Roethlisberger is bottom five quarterback in the NFL. That's the difference in terms of these two teams. Um, you know, Joe, Joe Burrow's 84.8 grade as a passer is, is you know, he's basically kind of living up to that number one overall hype and everything. And I think this team, um, while their schedule moving forward is like top three hardest in the NFL, they go up, they have the Jets and they're going to win that one this coming weekend. But, you know, then they, then they have games against the Browns, Raiders, 
Steelers, which is, I mean, that's just always going to be a tough game. I'm never going to count the Steelers. Um, and then you finish Ravens, Chiefs, Browns. So um, they do have a really hard schedule to finish out. But if this, te- if this team is legit and Joe Burrow keeps, you know, that connection with Jamar Chase and the, the weapons they have there and the scheme that they're going on, and this defense has, has been excellent. I mean, they 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 could make the playoffs. They and they could be contenders. Yeah, it's it's it certainly you know believe it certainly has the look of sustainability. Uh, and, and Joe Burrow, obviously, you know, shaking off, you know, coming back from the ACL, it doesn't seem like there's any ill effects of that. Um, certainly, at times, he needs to be a better friend to himself. Um, you know, look, I mean, you don't don't take contact you don't need to take. And Joe Burrow sometimes gets himself into those avenues. And John, this is a team that doesn't really do much running the ball in. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, it, it doesn't really matter as well as they throw it. But, you know, as you get later on into the year, you know, there might be times where you need to or you could draw a card like we saw on Sunday Night Football. And actually, it was funny because it, as crappy as that weather was, as crappy as it was played, it turned out to be maybe one of the more entertaining games on the slate yesterday, which was just a terrible, terrible slate of games around the NFL yesterday. Um, but, you know, you'd like to have a little bit more balance if you could on the, uh, you know, on the offensive side of the ball for the Bengals. Yeah, you got a guy that can sling it. If you got a guy that can sling it, like, like so, I mean, if you want, you want some type of balance. But I, I think that like, I think early on in the year where they were running it a lot more than they they did in this past game or, or and recently, I, I kind of actually got frustrated with them. So I went to I actually went to the Thursday night game against the Jaguars, and I feel like they were protecting Burrow by running it more early on. And it was like they'd have second and long, and they'd just run the ball. And it's like throw the ball, Zach Taylor. And finally, I think that they're open. They're starting to open it up. And you know, I, I think I don't. I don't mind. I don't mind it at all. Especially if you got a guy that can throw it accurately, knows how to find the open receiver, and, and you're not throwing incompletions and throwing it into into danger. Like if you can, because that's the more efficient way of of you know playing football than and you know gaining yards. And if you can do that, like continue to do that especially stepping on the throat of other teams like teams teams want you if you can if most teams can stop the run most teams are really good at it so like like if it's you know if you think about the browns when they had leads against the chiefs and and the chargers you kind of wanted them to step on their throats a little bit rather than just like bleed trying to bleed the clock with you know still a quarter and a half to go like keep running up the score and then then at some point you maybe want to, to run it a little bit more but I don't, I don't mind just slinging it like Joe Burrow has been um, because if he can, you know, if he can play at this high of a level that, I mean, why not? Just, just flat out. Why not? <laughs> well, I mean, in him and Jamar chase, I mean, that is something right now where it's, you know, I, I, I guess I kind of agree to your point where um, what are you going to do? Maybe go three or four less targets to Jamar chase. That's probably not in your best interest. <laughs> right. Like the, the dude is, I mean, this, this passing offense is, is really explosive right now. So, I just say ride the hot hand. There was, I mean, think about it in the first week of the season, they played against the Minnesota Vikings. They started running it a lot more in the second half. And I think I literally, I really think it was to try to protect Joe Burrow because he wasn't quite comfortable yet. Um, He didn't look himself in that first week, but they started running it a bunch and the Vikings came back and almost won this game. They they had to go to overtime to win it. Um, And I think they kind of, they don't, you don't want to get into that type of situation, especially like you talk about this offense line, this offense line is not great. They're not going to open up running lanes for, for teams for, you know, for their running backs. So that is part of it, right? Like you don't have a great offensive line that can run block very well or pass block very well. So what's the, what's the lesser of the two evils there? And that's passing it. Cause you can say, Hey, quick game, 
no, no, read the defense, know where the guy's going to, you know, what's, what's going to be open and get rid of it. And you can get rid of it. Cause he took what one sack yesterday. So mm-hmm. he's getting better at that. And I think that's just, you know, that's the, I think that is the way to go to, especially with the court, when you have a quarterback can, can find the open receiver and get rid of it quickly. Now let's flip it up. Uh, now you would mention the defense. Now this is a defense. I mean, you know, if you, you know, I know Jesse Bates is a fantastic player and he really hasn't played to his normal potential yet this season, but this is a defense that it's maybe more right now of, you know, if you put it all together, it's pretty good. If you were to start tearing it apart individually, it's you know not made up of, you know, some great names, but it seems like they are starting to mesh well, play well together as a unit. Yeah, it, it really kind of is interesting when you, when you talk about that, right? So, they have some good pieces. Jesse Bates is a good player. I think Shadobi Awuzie is, is a good player. Um, but like they don't have like these household names that are, you know, you talk about the best of the best. Jesse, I think Jesse Bates is probably one of the best safeties in the NFL, but the rest of their lineup doesn't doesn't consist of those types of guys. Um, DJ Reader is their their top graded you know defensive player at, at an 84.5 and but the thing is they don't have these top of the level guys and they, they play to get, I like their scheme. They do, they're pretty dang aggressive. They, they blitz a bunch. They, they, you know, one of the things that they do is they run a cover three. Uh, I think it's a Pat Narduzzi cover three where you're three deep, two under and you're blitzing everybody. So it's essentially like a, a cover zero blitz and you just run it. You're playing cover three zone behind it. And, you know, so far it kind of works for them. It, it gets pressure onto the quarterback. Um, and they, I think they play together well. Um, you don't, you don't, for one, I think, I think, I don't think they've given up more than 25 points in a game. And that was only to the Packers mm-hmm. when it had to go into overtime, you know, and, and in that one, they, you know, you could argue that they should have won it in, in regulation with, because of missed field goals and stuff like that. So they, they have a team, a defense that, you know, maybe the individuals don't, aren't superstars, but they, the sum of the parts is definitely better, uh, you know, as, as a whole. It's 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 been interesting thus far, and look, I mean, the five and two starts certainly what they needed. Uh, certainly, a team that needed you know a, a jump start as far as a culture and you know transitioning here. And you know, I mean, obviously, Joe Burrow's looking like a you know in a year and a half of Joe Burrow, obviously looks you know ten times better than the decade they spent with Andy Dalton, um, which was ugh, enough of that already. Um, you know, Jamar Chase, you know, and bringing him in, and I mean, kind of almost continuing that lineage at the wide receiver position. But jump in here, John. Yeah, just to go on a defense a little bit. So, like, they don't have the pieces, like I was saying, that, like, have these superstars. But their defensive grade, for, uh, overall defensive grade, is sixth best in the NFL. You know, so it's like they they play – that means that they play together well and they don't have many – they just don't have weak points on it. And that's the key when it comes to defense. If you don't have the superstars, like the Browns have some superstars and stuff like that, but they have weak points. Everybody knows their weak points, right? The Bengals right now aren't, aren't showing any warts on their defense and they're playing together – better as a, as a unit. It's, uh, I mean, and as somebody said yesterday, uh, maybe Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase is enough to overcome Zach Taylor. Um, <laughs> so a lot of people who have their doubts about Zach Taylor, um, but maybe sometimes uh, talent can kind of trump all of that. It's been an interesting start for Cincinnati. Um, and when the Browns finish up on Sunday with the Pittsburgh Steelers, it will be bangle week. Um, and, you know, we'll see how it all goes. And, you know, of course, everybody with the, Whatever thoughts you have on Baker Mayfield, you know, everybody over the line, they have their quarterback. Da, 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 da. I don't want to hear it. And for the Browns, even being four and three, you were going into divisional play. 
and now would be your time. Um, you control your own destiny here. Uh, you have these teams each twice. Go out there, get it done. Uh, we're going to kick it over here. We're going to go to the Ravens, which was interesting. A loss week one, then five weeks is some really, really, really good football. And then a snoozer yesterday against the Bengals of all team. Um, so we'll get to that here. Just a minute here. Again, Locked On Browns, your Tuesday. We're going PFF style here, starting to preview our AFC North foes as the Browns begin divisional play this week, Halloween Sunday against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Hey, Browns fans. This is Jeff Lloyd with an incredible app who everyone buys gas needs to know about. Get upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store on Google Play right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Just download the app for free. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there is no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out at any time to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Again, just download the free Get Upside app. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tag. Again, promo code TOUCHDOWN. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. If you haven't tried a Built Bar by now, you are missing out. They say it's a protein bar, but it does not taste like one. You have to try one of these amazing bars yourself to believe it. Most protein bars are chalky or waxy or just plain hard to choke down. A Built Bar is soft, covered in 100% real chocolate, and when you bite into it, you know you're eating something different. It's more of an experience, one that you'll enjoy. In fact, you'd swear you are eating candy bar. Bill bars are low-carb, low-calorie, low-fat, low-sugar, and high in protein. So to all the healthy benefits on top of being purely delicious, so many flavors. Another great thing about Bill Bar, there are so many mouth-watering flavors, including coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, coconut almond, salted caramel, double chocolate, and cherry bar sia. This month, Built is coming out with a new limited time flavors every three to four days. So check their website often. You don't want to miss out. Go to Built.com right now. Use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Again, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Baltimore Ravens, John, week one loss to the Raiders in five weeks in a row. Things look good. Mark Andrews, Marquise Brown um, figured out the running back situation with all the injuries they had there. So Lady on Bell sightings, Devontae Freeman sightings, Latavius Murray in the Ravens backfield. Uh, yesterday, Cincinnati comes to town and John whitewashed him. But everybody, let's just relax. Most certainly not going to be the last anybody here is the Baltimore Ravens this year. How is it looking Raven-wise? And I think one thing I've noticed a little bit is they're kind of slowing down a little bit on the called Lamar Jackson runs, which A, number one, is smart for them. A, number two, is smart for him. And it makes it all the more devastating when he does break a pocket and crush somebody's soul for 40 yards. Yeah, so, you know, I think Lamar is doing a concerted effort of trying to – develop as a as a pass 
you know, pocket passer essentially. Um, because I think he understands that like to be able to, to win long-term in this league, you, you have to be able to do that instead of relying on his just, you know, amazing athletic ability. There's got to be a little bit more element to his game. And so far this year, I would say that his past game has, has looked better in t- at times, but if you think about it too, like, you know, this, this team does kind of like ride and die by him. And this team really could be two and five as easy as they are at five and five and two, you know, think about the, the Kansas city chiefs game, which, you know, maybe that looked like super impressive win, but the chiefs are, you know, they're pretty much spiraling out of control right now. Um, they needed, they needed a, you know, multi-touchdown comeback to be able to win that game, basically a collapse from the chiefs um, on, on that part. They needed a, a fourth and, 20 conversion and then a 60 you know the 66 yard field goal to beat the lions of all teams the next week um they you know handled business against the broncos who we know we know are aren't a great team and the browns who were devastated by injuries were able to beat them and then the colts they needed again another epic comeback of you know what 21 point comeback or whatever it was so i I think this team is kind of a little you know, not quite as good as what their record says that says they are. Though this is still the Ravens; they have a, they have Lamar Jackson and a really good offense um, that can kind of put up points whenever. Um, but I think I think it's not been consistent enough for them. Their defense has been quite poor this year, and the you know from a from a Lamar standpoint, he had that three game stretch that I talk about. Is he looked like he was like really developing as a pocket passer, but his his season's been kind of interesting where he's. You know, first two games, he was a 65, then a 58 um, as a passer, and then 86, 81, 90, and then 61, 60 in the past two games. So it's a little bit of Jekyll and Hyde there. And But the high-end play, you know you know what that is with Lamar Jackson and what this offense can do. It's just they haven't shown the consistency yet. One thing that's a little bit different about this year's version of the Ravens, John, and they have basically done this the entire existence of Lamar Jackson's career there is, not having any idea what exactly works wide receiver wise with Lamar Jackson or works within the landscape of their offense. Hollywood Brown certainly looking promising. Uh, two weeks now, Rashad Bateman, uh, Rashad Bateman, who ever you know was a draft favorite for almost everybody. He's kind of looking the part here. Um, so you know, we'll see if it gets better. But this is kind of a, a part of the Ravens' offense that's really never been a great thing while Lamar is there. I mean, they've obviously been able to overcome it you know, work through it where it was never really a factor, but now you're starting to get, you know, starting to get some production out of the wide receiver position, Hollywood Brown, Rashad Bateman, et cetera. Yeah. So, so I love Rashad Bateman. I, I wanted the Browns to draft him at that spot that they, they took Greg Newsom. And I think, you know, Greg Newsom is a great player too, but you know, you talk about how, how the offense is what drives everything and you need weapons. And they, the Baltimore Ravens kind of understood that. I, I would say that like, the, the Ravens haven't had like they haven't been like bereft of talent or anything like that at the variety super position. I think Hollywood Brown's always been a really solid wide receiver, even though he has some drop issues and stuff like that. Mark Andrews is one of the better tight ends in the NFL. And then, you know, they why does it seem like Mark Andrews is always wide open by five yards? Like, I mean, this first off, team, he's the biggest guy on the field. And I mean, I, it just doesn't, I mean, there should be more emphasis on the assignment of making sure you're at least covering number 89. Well, teams teams are uh, deadly afraid of Lamar and his legs. So you get play action, and part of it is like a lot of time we know that play action is is a phenomenal thing to open up receivers over the middle, or just even downfield in general. But when you have a a play action with Lamar, where it's like okay, the running back could keep it, or Lamar could keep it, and we get we want to be able to stop that. Teams come up and and 
come up on that and then it's just wide open receivers behind him um that it, it's legitimate thing there where they you know think about it with like derrick henry teams are f- afraid of derrick henry getting a full head of steam and just trucking over people so that's why you know part of it is like you know and i'm going off a little tangent here but ryan Tannehill comes into to tennessee and that offense really starts taking off but it's like ryan Tannehill wasn't great in miami he was he had spurts and stuff like that so it's kind of like a great relationship with those two players where they just mesh really well together and that's the kind of the same thing with like a lamar jackson and this scheme essentially where it just opens everything else up for those guys and so I think that, um, you know, I think part of the issue that they've had from maybe a receiver aspect is that, yes, they haven't had like maybe the greatest talent at that position, but at the same time, like Lamar has never been a great passer of the ball. He's been a average one. And I think he's been like, you talk about like from a, if, if you take Lamar's legs completely out of the equation, he's probably just been an average passer. That's, you know, probably below average in act in accuracy, like a, just being able to place the ball. This year he's taken a step in the right direction, but he still needs to continue progressing in that respect. So I, I think having more weapons helps in that regard. Think about it like with Josh Allen, where he has taken a leap, but bringing in the Stefan Diggs, like how much of it is Stefan Diggs opening things up for the rest of the offense versus just purely on Josh Allen's, um, you know, progression of, of a, as a quarterback. Now flipping up to the defensive side of the ball. Look, there's been some times where this defense played poorly. I mean, you get, you know, last two weeks, you know, notwithstanding. Um, and you know, the Colts still should have won that game. I don't care what anybody says. The Colts should have won that game. Um, then you go to obviously yesterday where there was no answer for it. And look, a team that's always been, you know, a decent pass rushing team, got pretty good linebacking play regardless of what the linebacking play was. Usually it was a good secondary team. But you had a rookie receiver yesterday, John, basically hands you two bills, put it on you, and not to mention caught himself about a 10-yard skinny post slant beat three guys, and then outraced them for another 65 yards. It's what has kind of been a, a calling card, and yes, they've transitioned to you know having this ultimate weapon at quarterback in Lamar Jackson, but it always kind of brought a decent defense along with it. And it, 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 I'm trying to I'm trying really hard with Baltimore to find where like the plus of this defense even is because it looks soft at times, looks just not talented at times, stuff we've not been accustomed with with the Ravens defense for a better part of probably a decade now. Yeah, one of, one of the issues that the Ravens have, I'd, I'd say this year, is they've always had a pretty solid secondary, like secondary pieces, but they, much like the Pittsburgh Steelers, they rely on that pass rush and that they're, they're not just their front seven or whatever, just their, their front four, but their front seven and all the, the moving pieces that they have to get after the quarterback and make that quarterback uncomfortable um, to be be successful and to help out that, that secondary. So like, you know, Marlon Humphreys is a, is a really good talent. Um, I, I think, I think one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL, I think on a, from just a traits and skill standpoint, but the problem is, is that they run so much cover zero blitzes that they, they really have to be good on the back end that if they're not good on the back end, one slip up, you saw it against the Raiders in, in the opening weekend. Uh, Tay Jones, Zay Jones, or whatever his name is, got open wide open for a touchdown pass because it just ran a, a simple pick route and got you know ended the game. You saw that with if you're not making your tackles on the back end, the guy you know scoots free. Um, when you get guys so so gun ho for just getting after the quarterback, they forget to cover guys. Busts like that type of stuff happen, and and you need to be 
really sound on the back end. And, um, you know, I think, I think they've kind of gotten a little bit lazy in that regard. They've had some injuries and stuff like that too, but like, I think they, they just need to be better essentially all around. And then I, you know, from a, from a scheme standpoint, I mean, maybe switch it up a little bit to, to protect those guys in the back end to keep things in front of them. Um, you know, they, they switched it up against the Kansas City Chiefs. Everybody knows what the Kansas City Chiefs can do to you. You know, you're talking about like they, they blitz on uh, 50 some odd percent of their passes uh, against the Raiders in, in week one, but then against the Mahomes, I think they, they blitzed like a total of like three or four times. So um, it's not like they don't have the ability to adjust. They have to kind of figure out what is it their defense does best and, and adjust for that. And they're, they're not really doing that right now for whatever reason. No, no, they're not. And John, I think we can agree when we're talking about any of these three teams, um, this current Cleveland Browns product, we can expect it to be better. It needs to be better. Look, you know, Pittsburgh, you know, they are what they are, but they're still the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Baltimore, regardless of whatever deficiencies may be on the defensive side of the ball, number eight is maybe the best offensive player in this division. There's no probably doubt about that. And Cincinnati is showing that they're for real. What the Browns have been doing the last few weeks, it's not going to be enough. And look, injuries were a great excuse, um, but this team looks like they're going to start this you know, week you know, back home on Halloween against Pittsburgh in pretty solid health, except for maybe the question mark for the quarterback position. Uh, it's time to take it up a level here. Yeah, absolutely. Think about it from, you know, last year to this year. Um, they basically turned around their season with the comeback, you know, final two-minute drive winning touchdown drive by from Baker Mayfield to, to Donovan Peoples-Jones. And he Baker Mayfield had the best game of his of his career, essentially, in that game. Um, especially, you know, quarters two through four, he had like a grade of like 97. It was He was off the charts good in that game. And things turned around for the team, but they were much healthier at that point other than OBJ going down. Now they need, they have an extended week to get, get rest up, but they really need to get things in, kick, kicking in gear, and you have to get this defense right. So there was a two-week stretch, obviously, where they were just absolutely dominant you know, against the Bears and the Vikings. And then the past two weeks were just kind of shredded by the Chargers and the Cardinals. And then against the Broncos this week, they were much better. I think they allowed like 40-some-odd total yards in the first half. But second half, they kind of, it was a bit shaky there. They need to find that consistency from that defense and need to have a, a, that moment of turning it around like they did with the offense last year. And the offense essentially needs to get their, their you know, their back in gear. Um and whether it's being led by Case Keenum because Baker Mayfield has the fractured shoulder and the 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 torn labrum, or it's or it's just Baker Mayfield, you know, being healed enough, they they need to to perform better. You think about, um, uh, I'd say even overall though, the the Browns from a grade standpoint are still faring pretty well. They're um, they're number two in the NFL in overall grade, so it's not as if it's bad. They just, it doesn't, hasn't looked quite the seamless product that we were expecting this year. And the other thing is it needs to, there needs to be, you know, a continuance and a, you know, the highs and lows need to be lost. And, you know, as we, you know, we've heard, we talked a couple of times here, you can't beat around the bullies. I mean, you can't bully around, you know, the weaklings. And then when the bullies show to town, you know, just basically run and hide and get your doors blown in. And that's kind of been the thing. Consistency is going to be the key here. Um, and this is going to be a tough divisional bout. You know, again, Pittsburgh Steelers are not going to give anything up without a fight. Cincinnati looks like they are here for a fight, and the Ravens are here saying, you know, this is our fight until somebody takes it from us. 
He is John Costco, lead analyst over at PFF. Uh, we've gotten to be able to get uh, some under the lens stuff here. Um, started to uh, get into uh, everybody AFC North as the Browns begin divisional play this week. Appreciate John for his time. And I'm sure you know, there are PFF duties that John will have to get to. If you're uh, make sure you're following at John Costco three. Um, and it was actually John almost an exciting moment for uh, 30 minutes on Saturday. The Kansas Jayhawks, uh, you know, had a little something going there for a little bit. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you have to, I, I knew that, that somebody, somebody said that, um, you know, uh, one of the announcers on it was like, "Well, oh, your defense was playing great all game." It's like, hold on, man. They they just gave up like twenty one straight points, and it's like, the defense is playing hard, but they're not playing great. And I, I think that the key for for my Jayhawks, who I'm I'm wearing a Jayhawk shirt right here, um, is that they played, they battled, they battled and put a really good effort forward against a top ranked team that they should have had no business even having having it that close, right? So. And you know, could, you could argue that they they had their chances in the end to be able to win that game with with some of the weird that was the weirdest play I've never seen something like that where a guy pull, pulled out that fumble and Caleb Williams just went off. So, you know, well, you just don't walk into Lawrence, Kansas, John, and not expect to expect to just run out of there with a victory. It doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, oh, folks, um, appreciate everybody for making Lockdown Browns your first listen. This has been your daily delivery of all things dog pound, LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns. <laughs>